All right, welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. This is Russell Dowden, and you're listening to week five of our podcast, or episode five of our new podcast here at the Texas Hemp Reporter. Again, I'm Russell. Joining me every week is Jesse Williams from the Texas Cannabis Collective. How are you? Doing pretty good. We've been doing this five weeks already. Five weeks. Got the new copy of the Texas Hemp Reporter here, and and those are being mailed out and have been mailed out to a lot of the farmers and growers throughout Texas. Plus, we've mailed them out to Louisiana growers, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Arkansas also got them. So we're spreading around the, the neighborhood, I guess, if you will. Positive vibes to people in Louisiana. They're getting hit pretty hard with hurricanes recently, so... Yeah, that's really, really tough on the, all of the, the that eastern part of the state, especially uh, Lake Charles. They've got two in a three-week period. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's a uh, hurricane season doesn't end until November. It's like middle of November and yeah. end of November. Good luck to our neighbors there in the east and Louisiana. But, yes, the new issue of the Texas Hemp Reporter, it also looks a little different because it says National Hemp Reporter on it. So I kind of did that on purpose to see what people might think of the of that, knowing that we were mailing them to the other states. You know, actually, Jesse, there's about 34 states to get them, uh, with you include all of the advertisers. But the four states that I'm talking about, are the are the growers you know that's where the focus that we try to go to but between our advertisers and and other people in the industry that we mailed them to it is actually over 33 states actually i just imagine it being it's like well we got louisiana arkansas oklahoma and just some guy in montana <laughs> well there's like it is like that because some people uh, i have a, several subscriptions that were on into it but a lot of the advertisers that we target in the industry also get them and there's many of them uh, that are all over the place so i know that they go to um you know new hampshire vermont new york florida they're they're all over. I had a the printer actually printed me out a, a list of the states that it, it goes to, and it was I don't know it was like thirty four different states or something. Is what uh, I like New Hampshire. Their license plate says "Live Free or Die." Is that what their license plate, their license in, plate in, New, in New Hampshire? That's their motto: well, "Live Free or Die." I know a few of them have made them up that way. This week on the Texas Hemp Show. We are having on our guest is going to be Coleman Hempel of the Texas Hemp Industries Association. Um, I had another guest chimed in, but he had an emergency coming up. Uh, our friends over there, uh, Romeo, good luck to Romeo and his family. He had an emergency come up, and uh, Romeo's with HempC.com. They have some great products, and I wanted to get Romeo on to talk about um, some of the things that they do, and so he he'll have to get rescheduled. But we had uh, Coleman Hempel call in and and speak with us. So uh, my co-host this week, Coleman, just so you know, uh, uh, this week and every week here recently is in the last five weeks we, is Jesse Williams from the Texas Cannabis Collective, and they I was sharing his website with you uh, uh, that week we had dinner. But uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Coleman. How are you, my friend? I, I'm doing excellent. I'm. Excited to be on with you and Jesse, and really excited on where we are in Texas and all the opportunities around the New Hampshire district. Well, there's been a couple of developments. I'll let Jesse kind of jump right in with the SCOTUS article that you published this uh, morning on the website, but the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the DEA is the way I understand Well, they didn't it. even rule. They just denied to hear oh, the case oh, flat they, out. they just threw the case out. Didn't even do that. Basically, you petition the court. You say, we want you to hear our case. 
the court says yes or no. We will hear the case or no, we won't. Sometimes they say no, send it back down. They didn't do the send it back down. They just said, we're not even going to take this case, not hearing it. Discard pile. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that go into consideration around different lawsuits. And it really did give me a lot of pause that this suit was filed during the comment period because one of the issues that came up in the last lawsuit the HIA had with the DEA was at that point they were battling a rule that had been introduced as far back as 2011. Mm-hmm. And because people and, and that organization did not put in comments during that period, the standing that they had before the court was essentially thrown out because they didn't exhaust that administrative remedies. And, and that's one of the biggest reasons why this comment period that exists right now with the DEA that's still intact, people need to, to continue to put out comments stating that the DEA was not included in the 2018 Farm Bill, that, that they're not mentioned one time, and the USDA really didn't have the authority to write them in to their interim final rules and have them involved in, in testing, which very much shrunk the, the available test, testing facilities that were available. And now this intrusion into to hemp processing certainly needs to, needs to be addressed, but needs to be addressed the appropriate way. Well, I know part of what I, I was reading about with this case that went up to like the Supreme Court was that apparently the DEA can only reschedule to schedule two, correct? If they were to deschedule marijuana, well, oh, okay. And you know what? what we're we're in two different spots oh. now. So you're talking the Ale- Alexis Portel. Yes, the the case that just recently went up, and the SCOTUS was like, "Nope, we're not hearing it." You know, I, that case is such a, a heart wrencher, and it should be. And I apologize for my misunderstanding. I thought you were talking about the day loss and not the uh, essentially descheduling of marijuana with Alexis. Uh, that's a, a tragedy because that story, a girl from Texas having to go to Colorado, finding very effective relief to, to her seizures that she had been experiencing from birth is, is, a, is a tragedy. Um, I have been somewhat encouraged this year by the introduction of a lot of legislation that really is the body that should be addressed broader legalization and and hopefully we'll see some more movement on the other side of the election i know it was scheduled for a vote and and got pushed yeah we noticed that 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 they just threw this case completely out coleman is what happened here with the supreme court uh, here earlier today was that ruling today that was tuesday yesterday tuesday yeah it's it's just continues to show that there's a lot of work that that needs to be done in that direction i to you know we we certainly um, follow everything that's going on around cannabis at large, um, and cool. and really a lot of the focus of, of what we do with the Texas Hemp Industries Association really is focused on different 2018 Farm Bill compliant products, and and there's been a lot of different action going on recently. Well, Coleman, what's one of the next? What's the next cat fight that you're going to get into with regards to hemp in Texas? I know they go back in session in, what, January? 
We have the injunction that we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Chelsea and Lisa here on the program. So that's going to be in place until February 1st. I was just wondering, uh, you know, what's the big, what's the next agenda for you guys as, at, at the hemp industry and, and legislature going into 2021? Yeah, so a couple things that are happening at the federal level is the comment period related to the USDA's interim final rule. Uh, the USDA opened up a new comment period after already having a comment period in the past, um, really reflecting the the need to hear more from these people uh, and, and to make some, some actions because I think we're starting to see that a lot of the language around total THC that was added into the interim final rule is having a big impact on on farmers' ability to harvest productive, valuable crops, you know, crops that are above 10% CBD that are valuable and, and efficient to process, it is really pressed out because of that rule. Um, a lot of the folks within the, the National Hemp Association and, and the Standing Committee on State Hemp Associations, which really represents a lot of the different state organizations, is to delay the implementation of that final rule for a year and and really provide the protection so that farmers know that they're protected and they're not facing prosecution. And and really taking care of that primary issue covers a lot of the problems that exist around negligence. Mm-hmm. Um, negligence is set at 0.5% total THC, and, and we certainly don't want farmers to, to be in a position where they, they have some kind of legal liability producing what is a legal um, and viable crop. You know, you, you, you were aware of that case that we had a couple of months ago that was the tr- one of one of the clients was getting transporting some uh, hemp from Oklahoma, and then I guess it was in North Texas, and the, the client had their hemp seized by a, a county official. Did you uh, have any more insight on that? And we, we're hoping things like this does, don't continue to happen, but you know they will for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I think that's still an education issue. Mm-hmm. We we have worked with the different district attorneys associations, sheriffs associations, and just continuing to, to educate a lot of the small municipalities and, and local law enforcement agencies that that this is legal. In that case, you had people who had purchased hemp starts, and, and if anyone knows anything about cannabis, you're not really going to have any any cannabinoids, any potency in, in a start, um, whether it was marijuana or CBD. They had their handlers' licenses. They had all of their invoices, all of their receipts, and, and the officers who, this is probably the first time they'd ever seen that kind of paperwork, still said that they had insufficient paperwork. I, I think uh, that that is certainly on the right course to, to getting rectified. And you, you have this continual issue of the right hand that doesn't know what the left is doing. And uh, hopefully we can clarify that. Um, I think a lot of what's in the Texas bill is very good. And it's really not a – we're not looking to add a whole lot to the law. I think there's a lot that can be stripped out and, and a lot that can be clarified in removing a lot of the onerous transportation requirements within the Texas law and, and making it easier for businesses to operate. 
Well, stand by right there. Our guest, Coleman Hemphill of the Texas Hemp Industries Association. We'll be right back after our first break. It's the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be right back on the other side. down at the Green Mountain Flower Company, located up there in North Austin. I used to live right up there on Anderson Mill and 183. Green Mountain is right there next to Starbucks. They have all your CBD products that will keep you healthy and in good spirits. I know my wife takes the CBD oils for her lupus, and it helps with the inflammation and pain. I know I've tried the pills and some of the teas that they have down there at Green Mountain. Stop by and tell them hello from your friends here at the Coach's Corner in the Horn. Green Mountain Flower. Go by there and see Gene and Elsie. That's a fine-looking box. Thanks. I love it. I wish I had a box like that. You and everyone else. I just can't keep people away from my box. It maintains itself, comes fully assembled, and it doesn't need a bit of help. I just sit back, relax, and watch things grow. Can I touch it? Mmm, I'd like that. The Bloom Box from BC Northern Lights, a self-contained indoor growing chamber. The fast and easy way to grow at home. The Bloom Box from BC Northern Lights, available at Pacific Northwest Garden Supply. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. The Texas Hemp Reporter. News, trends, culture, health. Mailed to over 1,000 licensed Texas hemp farmers. And 100% free in over 500 locations in Austin, Texas. Subscribe today at TexasHempReporter.com. Now, back to the show with your host, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter, Russell Dowden. Welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. Uh, this is our fifth podcast here of the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell, uh, publisher and editor of the Texas Hemp Reporter. My co-host every week, Jesse Williams of the uh, Texas Cannabis Collective. Our guest this hour on well, show number five is Coleman Hemphill. Um, next week on the Texas Hemp Show, who do I got lined up? I've got on the 20th... It's going to be Mike Wanzek, the sales director over at Hemp Depot. These guys are from Colorado. They provide a lot of the seeds for a lot of the nation, a very big uh, seed company. They get a 100-acre grow operation of their own in Colorado. And uh, so we're looking forward to having them on next week. Uh, Coleman, we were just talking about that case with the U-Haul and 
you you guys can reach out to regional directors and county coordinators at, eight, at Hemp Industry Association and reach out to those district attorneys. Is is that kind of some of the process that it helps? So I I believe that they in that case in particular they have received legal counsel in that case. In in a lot of these cases in the past and, and in that case as well, it's really good to, to have local folks that are able to know who the sheriff is um, and, and know the arrest happened um, while it was happening many times. Uh, they, the, the news moves pretty quickly, particularly around this topic. And just being able to, to take the, the sheriffs, the police chiefs, the district attorneys, different hemp products that can be purchased at a number of different different places, and really explain to them that any issue that they're having really is a, a misunderstanding of the law, because it is very clear that these are 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 safe. Um, you know, we're certainly you know no one is having any kind of intoxicating effects from these products, and you know it should be clearly able to to go about the business. Well, you know, I have a question here, Coleman, that, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how important or relevant it is with regards to marijuana. The marijuana issue and hemp, um, it, it's not just Texas, but the rest of the United States. And, you know, there's some there's some more act. There's other things going on with marijuana. Do you think that the, the, the desensitization of, of, of hemp and the acceptiveness of hemp by law enforcement Will that get better if they ever do legalize marijuana? We know so since the hemp law was passed in Texas, there's been a, a sharp decrease in the amount of convictions around marijuana. I, mm-hmm. I believe at one point it was as much as sixty percent reduction in in convictions. And that's that's a huge number when you consider that I, I, I think it's around seventy thousand people a year. Uh, receive a, a marijuana conviction in the state, so tens of thousands of people. And a lot of that's really come because of the lack of adequate testing in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, I think, reflects the position of a lot of these different district attorneys that are elected officials. And really, I think many of them, particularly in large cities, are, are growing uh, tired from, from dealing with what is a, a, a nonviolent offense and generally for, for very petty amounts of, of, of material. Um, I, I mean, that, that being said, um, you know, we, we're very focused on, on, on really the over-the-counter, the broad distribution of safe hemp products. I mean, you can't get high from these products, but there is a lot of benefit. And I think long-term you'll probably, even if it, Texas does move into – to uh, cannabis, you'll still have somewhat of a separation. Um, you'll have your dispensaries versus kind of your broader distribution um, that you're already seeing. You know, you buy hemp products in in uh, grocery stores, mm-hmm. convenience stores, um, in farmers markets, and I, I do think that that has is having a big impact on the consumer market. They're they're starting to look at at the cannabis plant as a whole and, and hemp in particular, and um, see how they can begin utilizing it. And with the farmers also, you know, there's a lot of farmers that I, I can tell you right now in Texas would, would um, if you were to ask them if they'd be growing hemp one day, 10 years ago, many of them would probably say no. <laughs> yeah. uh, there has been a lot of education there. And, and as we see the success and different revenues from farmers being generated, uh, 
you know, I think it's, it's all part of the education process and certainly pointing in the right direction. Speaking of the education process, I'm wondering your view on we're having our legislative session coming up and we know that this case with like the smokable hemp ban isn't going to be heard until February. Would it be wise that we, we push the legislature to revise, I guess, our hemp bill that way, it, it, I guess a mandate would be what it's called that there's education given out to law enforcement agencies about this plant. Yeah, no, I absolutely. And, and I'm really hopeful that we're going to see a lot of that action in this next session. Um, there, there was a lot of work done on a vaping bill last session and, mm. and still quite a bit of a work to continue to be done on that. Um, and, you know, just kind of from my channel, there's, there is talk of allowing for and, and legalizing explicitly smokable hemp setting a 21-year-old age limit like tobacco and taxing that product like tobacco. Um, it's, it's really, again, interesting to see a lot of the conservative leadership of the Texas legislature really now seeing this not only as something that's safe, but something that's a revenue generator for the state that's really looking at a huge budget shortfall. The, the entire Texas budget is really prefaced on $52 a barrel oil. And we've been far below that point for a long time. And um, we need to be looking at ways to diversify uh, the income for, for all the infrastructure, for our schools. Um, and I think the, the consumer market for these products is, is certainly uh, an option. Where do you think the industrial hemp will come into play? That that wasn't a big focus in the short season that we had this year in, in 2020. Do you think we'll have more industrial grow operations come up in 2021? You know, I, I hope so. I really feel that 2021 is the true real pilot season for Texas. And I say pilot because I still really caution farmers to, to making too big of an investment with a lot of the infrastructure not being here. And, and you have this chicken and the egg problem. Um, it, it's difficult for different factories, uh, different infrastructure, um, the folks that are putting in big factories to make that investment until they're able to see a really productive crop. You know, something that's producing all the attributes and fiber that, that they're looking for until they really dial in their, their production model. You know, when are they planting, when are they harvesting, and, and what's their plan B and C in the case that one of those crops is destroyed, which in farming can happen anywhere at any time at any moment. Uh, and this and is an really R&D getting year. that farming nailed down this next year I think is going to be big and will facilitate a lot more investment in expanding infrastructure going into to 2022. Um, but there is still quite a bit of work to be done. Uh, there was a lot of people that planted um, that had difficulties this year, a lot of that stemming from how late the, the licenses came yeah. in. Um, yeah. The licenses were issued in Texas on March 16th. The first ones were actually given the early part of April, which really did put a lot of farmers at a disadvantage this year. And that's what, to Jesse's point, that's what you were making. It was really kind of a... a it's an a, R&D year. Yeah, it's R&D or ramping year, if you will, even... Talk about the Texas Hemp Industry Association a little, uh, Coleman. Are you guys in still need of county coordinators? And how many coordinators are there for Texas HIA, you know, the, at the state level? Yeah, absolutely. So the way we're set up is we have six different regions. Uh, we have north, 
northeast, southeast, central, west, and south. And the way that we have it broken up is really to accommodate for the different large urban areas as well as the different growing regions that are very distinct to different parts of the state. So we have six different regional directors that make up our board of directors. And we have worked with a number of different county coordinators that really were tasked to to go and and build relationships. Um, Many of these people already had a lot of these relationships within their communities, educating those sheriffs and those district attorneys um, on on the current legal status of hemp in the state um, to for any any issues that could come up on the on the legal side we had a lot of, of plans this year to to have different events where we would be reaching out to, to all the licensed farmers within the state and really connecting them with a lot of the manufacturers of of, of textile manufacturing and, and just breaking down the bass fibers, the herd, the different materials and facilitating business to continue to grow. Unfortunately, coronavirus really is, has been tough. Um, I'm being able to put those events together. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, all of us have, have really been weathering coronavirus in different ways, but we do hope to getting back to just having events, um, really connecting the, the different uh, companies in the supply chain from your farmers, dry facilities, extractors. And, and then also I am really excited to, to for a lot of different companies that have advanced in technology around fiber processing, um, to be able to give those presentations and to allow farmers to begin thinking about how do we create a co-op? How do we make this investment and, and work together to well, that's that's to, a good really grow the industry. That's a good point, and we're going to take another quick commercial break, Coleman. And yeah, the the value of having the, the ability to do commerce is important in this new economy with hemp. And so we just we haven't had these events, we haven't had you know opportunities to uh, mingle and and be social with one another. So it's been a really tough, challenging year as we got hemp off the ground here in Texas. It's the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be back on the other side. Our guest, Coleman Hemphill of the Texas Hemp Industries Association. We'll be right back. The Bloom Box from VC Northern Lights is the ultimate fully automated indoor growing system. Two chambers provide the user with a propagation area and 32 cubic feet of growing space designed to yield maximum results. GrowSmart technology makes the Bloombox the most user-friendly model on the market by controlling lighting, watering, CO2 and exhaust for you. The optional touchscreen sensor overload package makes the growing process even easier by controlling temperature, pH balance, moisture levels and more. A wheeled base and lockable doors provide accessibility and security for your plants, while the Bloombox's power-safe technology uses less energy than most common household appliances. Regardless of your experience, the Bloombox will help you take your growing to the next level. Start growing your own today with BC Northern Lights. 
Folks, you know I've gone through a lot of pains over the last 20 years. My knees, my shoulder, and of course that back of mine. Now, I've tried everything. Massages, acupuncture, cryotherapy, and finally I found something that really works for me. GreenMountainFlower.com That's the cure. I've been looking all over the place for something that's going to help me feel good, help me sleep good. Green Mountain Flower has the most powerful CBD oil available. It's unique and it really works for me and tons of other people. Now, you'll see all kinds of CBD oils in shops all around the place. You know, the convenience stores and gas stations and places like that but none like green mountain flower and green mountain flower has the most nodule cbd oil retailers right here in austin texas it's natural 100 absorption it's water-based and it absorbs into the body easier it's unique and 100 organic formula and it really has worked give a call today to 512-645-0510 talk to gene or elsie and ask about the great products that they have you'll find them on facebook and online at greenmountainflower.com The producer from BC Northern Lights is a fully automated indoor growing system that lives up to its name. Capable of housing 18 hydro plants, the producer is specially designed for large yields and maximum harvests. GrowSmart technology manages lighting, watering, CO2, and exhaust for you. The optional touchscreen sensor overload package makes the growing process even easier by controlling temperature, pH, moisture levels, and more. A wheeled base and lockable doors provides accessibility and security for your plants. While the producer's power-safe technology uses less energy than most common household appliances. Produce results. Reduce electricity. Incite envy with the producer. Start growing your own today with BC Northern Lights. Texas Hemp Reporter. News, trends, culture, health. Mail to over 1,000 licensed Texas hemp farmers and 100% free in over 500 locations in Austin, Texas. Subscribe today at TexasHempReporter.com. Now, back to the show with your host, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hip Show. Back to the Texas Hemp Show. Our guest this week on our podcast show number five is Coleman Hemphill of the Texas Hemp Industries Association. Welcome back to the program, Coleman. Thanks for being a part of the show. Always great to be here, brother. Cool. Well, we uh, may get you in the studio sometime down the road here. If we can get this thing moved over on a day that Wednesdays, we might have you once in a while peek in here if you'd like to come over to the studio here in South Austin and visit Takeoff Terminal Studios here where we do our podcast every week. So just wanted to extend that invitation over for you, buddy. Yeah. You know, the studio in South Austin is always a good place to be. <laughs> Well, let's see. What else is news here? I'm just kind of wanting to. I mean, you and both you, both you, Jesse and Coleman, you guys are kind of in the trenches there in, in legislation. I mean, uh, when they when those guys are in session, him more so I, than me. I think Coleman just loves this. He loves getting in there agitating these guys. <laughs> Am I right, Coleman? 
Yeah, you know, the Texas legislative sessions is certainly unique. Uh, we meet every two years, and it's it's a, a pretty short session. Um, really, most of it pretty well gets wrapped up by May. So it's it uh, it definitely takes a lot of energy during that time frame, and I'm always excited to have about a year and a half where I'm not in that building every day uh, <laughs> after kind of we're all said and done. But, you know, we have a lot of really good relationships in the building. Um, this really has always been a, a very bipartisan issue. Mm-hmm. And, and now really seeing, you know, looking to last session, you know, bill authors, they got it done, that were former chair of the Ag Committee in the Senate with, with Charles Perry, former chair of the, the Ag Committee in the House with Tracy King. Um those guys know agriculture. Um, you know, they, they've been very open and, and worked with us on this issue, really going back to, to 2014 and 2015. Um, and so I, I think they're encouraged to, to see a, a really productive hemp program in the state. Um, I think they've been really interested to see a lot of the, the issues that have come up, you know, having to test your starts before you can take them from a greenhouse and, and transplant them, even though they doesn't have any CBD or THC in it at that point. You know, things like that that have been a little bit more difficult to, to deal with in these early years for different farmers, different businesses. Um, you know, we're hoping to get that cleaned up and, and you know, really a, an encouragement and, um, and, and pushing out uh, hemp products so people can consume those products however they like. It's the 46th state to enact the hemp legislation. I mean, you guys have You've worked with the Texas Department of Agriculture, and, and and you're looking to work with DPS. How are these state agencies, you know, how, how receptive are they with, with, with your work and with the Hemp Industry Association? You know, I think they've been very receptive. There's a lot of really great staff with the, the Texas Department of Agriculture. I think the, uh, the different licensing and, and the application process that they put online has been very, very uh, – seamless um a lot of people have um had a lot of success there being able to to easily get that license have the 30 minutes of education from tda um i think they like us um have been good too in in educating people on a lot of the different um issues that can come up um you know there's such a passion for this plant and there are a lot of people that get involved and uh, it's it's not easy. Uh, and a lot of people have heeded that. You know, you have seen, you know, generally one to, to ten acre, um, ten acre farms mm-hmm. that have, have popped up, and and that's not an insignificant um, amount of work. I mean, it's still um, a lot to, to get it in and to, to get it harvested and to, to do it the right way. And so there's been a lot of learning this year, and, and TDA has certainly helped with that. It has been an education process for them, and you know, really, the biggest problems that TDA face is creating conforming rules, which they're required to do in our statute, to the USDA rules. Um, the USDA, when when they posted their rules in October of, of 2019, so almost a year ago, mm-hmm. um, really shot of, of across the bow. Um, and, and unfortunately have really threatened what we've proven to be a viable and safe crop. And so there's, there's clarity. Most of that issue really is with the, the national, um, with the, with the USDA. Um, I haven't, you know, up to this point seen, um, a lot of, of conflict around, um, testing. Um, I think a lot of, of farmers too, this year have 
have heeded a lot of education and gotten gotten tests and um, you know gotten those tests early to be able to to have a crop that they can get out of the field that's below that 0.3 total THC. Um, I think uh, the Texas Department of Agriculture and the Department of State Health Services, which is pretty comparable to, to the FDA at the, the national mm-hmm. level. Um, they're the, the health inspectors, and they come to, to different manufacturing facilities and processors. You know, where the, the line of demarcation is, you know, what, what entity is over um, just the growing of this, um, and where does that crossover happen as we get into processing? Uh, this kind of goes back to, to something I was talking about earlier um, with the DEA is uh, we haven't really addressed or made a, a really clear path forward for hemp processing. So the, the 2018 Farm Bill definition for hemp says that all cannabinoids, derivatives, extracts, salts, salts or uh, isomers, that all of those, as long as they're below 0.3 delta 9 THC, that they're statutory compliant and they can move forward. And that's 0.3% or less delta-9 on a dry weight basis, so based upon the flour that it came from, because oil, there is no dry weight basis. So the what, what happens in processing is you take you know a productive hemp crop, 10 to 20% CBD. You're going to take that to a processor. Uh, that 10 to 20% CBD, it may be you know, 0.3, 0.2%. THC in that flower. Um, the processors and the most popular ways to, to extract CBD is either through a cryoethanol process or supercritical CO2. It's going to concentrate not only the CBD but the THC. So if you're at point one, you could, after that initial processing in the crude, have material that's at 1% THC, anywhere from 1% to 5% THC. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the hemp industry has acknowledged that that's an in-process good, that we cannot sell those products in that state. The thing is, though, even if you did sell it, that say you couldn't get high from it, but we're not trying to go there. The rule says 0.3 delta 9. We can do that. And there are further processes in winterization and remediation to pull out the THC. What we're really working on with the National Hemp Association and this Standing Committee on State Hemp Associations is to have a, a national permit um, that's issued by the USDA to acknowledge that these are in-process goods that can go from one licensed processor to another, um, that there's a process in place for remediation. Um, the FDA and a lot of its literature um, around THC deem THC a contaminant. And in other regulations where they use that word contaminant for there to be a contaminant there also has to be a means of remediation and denaturing so a good example would be like the the fish oil industry Mm -hmm. you can take fish oil and just in that base state there's no contaminants in it but once you distill it to put it into different supplements you may start to see uh, higher levels of mercury which is a contaminant well there are processors to remediate that that contaminant but now you've got all this mercury well mercury if you don't have a permit for it is a is a controlled substance as well um but that mercury can be denatured um and and removed with us denaturing of thc that's that's remediated from hemp would really come through heating it um you know burning that up 
Um, you know, until we see marijuana um, legislation put in place that allows for higher levels of THC, we need to have this really seamless path forward so that you don't have concerns from major retailers because major retailers and a lot of huge GMP facilities, huge brands are ready to start including this um, but need that that assurance. Stand by there. We're going to take up another quick short break of the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be back on the other side with our guest Coleman Hemphill of the Texas Hemp Industries Association. We'll be right back. Hey guys, be sure to go down and visit our friends Gene and Elsie down at the Green Mountain Flower Company, located up there in North Austin. I used to live right up there on Anderson Mill and 183. Green Mountain is right there next to Starbucks. They have all your CBD products that will keep you healthy and in good spirits. I know my wife takes the CBD oils for her lupus and it helps with the inflammation and pain. I know I've tried the pills and some of the teas that they have down there at Green Mountain. Stop by and tell them hello from your friends here at the Coach's Corner in the Horn. Green Mountain Flower, go by there and see Gene and Elsie. You've thought about growing your own tomatoes. You just need to be shown the light. BC Northern Lights, self-contained indoor growing units so you can grow your own tomatoes without cutting holes in your walls or risking a fire. BC Northern Lights takes out the guesswork by giving you the perfect growing environment. The bloom box and the producer come fully assembled, don't need an electrician, and pre-programmed timers do all the work for you. Start growing your own tomatoes today with the bloom box and the producer from BC Northern Lights. Available at Pacific Northwest Garden Supply. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. The Texas Hemp Reporter. News, trends, culture, health. Mailed to over 1,000 licensed Texas hemp farmers. And 100% free in over 500 locations in Austin, Texas. Subscribe today at TexasHempReporter.com. Now, back to the show with your host, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. Uh, Russell Dowden here with the Texas Hemp Reporter and my co-host every week, Jesse, with the Texas Cannabis Collective. How are you, man? Doing pretty good, especially with all this voting lines. <laughs> hey, some of our producers, I think, even voted today. I noticed some of the staff here at the uh, studio had their I Voted Today stickers on, so good for... The... I haven't yet. <laughs> I'm going to do so in a couple of days. I'm going def- definitely going to be taking advantage of early voting. Yeah, just it's not... probably a good year to do the early voting stuff, I think, uh, given everything going on. Our guest, uh, Coleman Hempel of the Texas Hip Industries Association. Coleman, you're not just part of the hip industry as the, as the association director, but you're 
you're in this space too. Tell us about your businesses and you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, really, prior to to getting involved in hemp, for about the last ten years, I've worked with a lot of complementary and alternative medicine providers, a lot of integrative physicians in the state, both in Texas and really all over the country. Um, a lot of of doctors that, that practice internationally as well, and have really had the opportunity to work with some amazing formulators, different supplement companies, and then different physicians. And hemp was really kind of the next natural transition because our goal always was trying to find what was most effective and what was most affordable for people. And mm -hmm. while I wouldn't say that, that CBD is a, is a magic bullet, we really did see it as a catalyst using conjunction with other good nutrition, other good practices to really uh, jumpstart people. And we've seen amazing results with folks. Um, you know, I, this is not meant to treat, or, treat or, or make any claims, but just anecdotally, being able, it was probably one of my favorite stories, um, there was a little boy, six years old, who had a, a palsy. And he was being given three different pain meds a day, um, for, for all of the joint inflammation and like early onset arthritis, um, they would give him a headache. And so they gave mm -hmm. him three more pain meds essentially for the headaches and yeah. cortisone shots every two weeks, like a 70 year old. And, you know, seeing his application and, you know, in, in just a, a couple weeks, um, being able to, to reduce, uh, a lot of the, the different treatments that he was having to take at that time. And then ultimately, um, recovered, um, range of motion, um, just, just, uh, his overall, his overall mood and, and energy levels were, were tremendous. And so it, we do have a lot of, of passion around, uh, the yeah. people that, that we work with. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of folks with a, a number of different neurological diseases. Last week's guest was Lee Vernon from First Responder Fuel, who sells a, you know, a hundred percent THC free product, but Fire off your website and tell folks how they can. Yeah, so, so I'm the, the president and co-founder of Texagon LLC. Uh, you can visit us at texagondistribution.com. We do a lot of custom formulation. So we, and we really say custom cannabinoid formulation. Our company started about two years ago when I moved out to, to Oregon. I was out there for about a year and a half, now back in Austin. Um, but still have a lot of great partners out there and we were really fortunate to work with a lot of the seed companies and a lot of the farmers that produce the first really commercial viable CBG crop. Um, forever CBG was just a minor cannabinoid that you would find in both marijuana strains and, and hemp strains, but they were able to, to create a, a variety that rather than, you know, 1% or less CBG was at 10 to 20% CBG. Um, CBG, a lot of people refer to it as the, the stem cell molecule of the cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. um, CBG and really CBGA is what converts into THC, CBD, CBG, CBC. All of these other cannabinoids have that root in CBG. And uh, we, we do a lot of, of research, a lot of in vitro studies, um, work with a lot of physicians um, around that. And and, and really, um, you know, our focus is to, to getting this out to a, to a mass market um, and, you know, being able to relieve, relieve inflammation um, 
and, and to help with you know different blemishes for for different skin skin issues. Um, so we we formulate different topicals. Um, we're working now into suppositories that we found very very effective for a lot of folks. Uh, shampoo, and then we also sell a, a lot of a lot of hemp flour. Um, well, you know, we were we were one of those businesses that that would have been impacted by the um, the retail prohibition of of smokable hemp right. products, and so. Um, you know, we were glad to to be working you know closely with Sarah Kerber, who was one of the one of the plaintiffs, and, and really you know can't say enough about the job that that Chelsea and uh, the Spencer and Ritter team did on that case. Well, Texagon provides everything you need to get your business growing, and visit them at texagondistribution.com. You also uh, got something going on. You were part of that Holy Canna company too, I think. Is yeah, so right? Holy Canna is one. Of- one of our brands um, mm-hmm. that cir- circulated pretty broadly here in, in Austin. Uh, we source all of our flour from from Southern Oregon, um, which it's it's all about the climate. You know the mm-hmm. the highest yielding, you know, consistently one of the highest cannabinoid producing regions in the country. Um, that you, you can taste the difference. You can certainly feel the difference in, in those products. We also do uh, different moon rock products. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, you know, I, there's so many fun opportunities to really kind of remarket and re-actualize this plant. Uh, we're actually in the process of rebranding that as a hemp truffle, um, which truffle. I think is a whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot more representative of what it is. You've got the premium hand-dipped uh, moon rocks at Holy Canna. You can check him out at holycanna.com as well. Yeah, uh, and you know, for folks that don't know what a moon rock is, so it's it's essentially hemp flour that uses the highest premium CBD and THC-free distillate um, that retains the different terpenes. Um, we actually use a CBDA distillate which actually retains even more terpenes and, and is better in formulation. And then that's all rolled in keef. Um, and a lot of folks, um, you know, use this really kind of as an extract. Um, if you were to, to grind a gram of a moon rock, it's going to smoke for about 20 minutes. That's certainly for you and, and 20 of your closest friends. Um, so really using that as a, as a supplement um, in, in however you like to, to smoke best, um, being able to, to grind up just a small piece of that, and it grinds up really easy in your hands to, to add to whatever products you're you're looking to to use. Well, listen, I've got to wrap the, the, the show up here, but I just want to say thanks for coming on and being a part of this program. I look forward to having you contribute something else to the magazine. You've been a, a great contributor to the Texas Hemp Reporter, and and, uh, and 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 just getting to know you this year has been a, a big big help for my business and getting this publication off the ground. So thank you so much, Coleman. For yeah, my 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 pleasure, and thank you for having us on. We we really do care about our farmers and and the different businesses here. Um, you know, my business has been a beneficiary as many other folks, and we want to see a level playing field for folks um, and really let the free market work and, and stay focused on the highest quality ethics and products um, and be the highest producer. I mean, we are in Texas. We have a huge potential. We have a great market. Um, and I think we're really ready to, to see some big things happen in the state. Well, we look forward to working with you some more. I appreciate you uh, chiming in on this conversation tonight. Uh, Coleman Hempel, the Texas Hemp Industries Association. 
Thank you, guys. All right, thanks, buddy. There he goes. That's Coleman. And, yeah, been a big help for me getting launched with the business and the magazine this year. I joined the association, and things just really took off for us uh, once we joined them. So uh, he's just been a big help and, and just a really knowledgeable guy in this space here in Texas. When you said, oh, you two are down in the trenches, like, he's way more down in the trenches <laughs> than I am. Like, he's down he there. He loves the, it. Like, he's in the minefield, and I'm, like, just knocking on doors going, did you know this is something that the other guys aren't talking about? Yeah, and I'm just passing out flyers is, is what I'm doing. But, uh, no, he's definitely a grinder in this stuff with the legislature and and um i i may get down there and just hang out with them just to agitate down there and and uh don't and agitate learn, and learn Agi- agitate's not a good thing there <laughs> well he makes sure that he holds these guys accountable be sure to vote vote your guys out vote new guys in this is a two-year deal every two years you got to train new legislator on what the hemp status is and so um it's uh, it's a good thing and and remind me of the CBD Expo. Yeah, talk about that coming up. Uh, we put that uh, on the website the other day and December 11th and the 12th. I know I will be there. Well, yeah. I may go too because I haven't attended anything because it's been a crazy non-event event year. And from my understanding, I don't want to say quote me on this, but don't quote me on this. But I've heard that it's pretty much unless the city of Houston steps in, this is going to be happening. Well, I hope it does, and we need to have some of these. I've have yet to attend a physical event there's been several online conferences type things and you just don't you know it's not the same cbdexpo.net check it out it's been another week of the texas hip show good stuff with um, coleman hemphill recorded at takeoff terminal studios takeoff terminal dot studio yep if you want to do a podcast yourself check them out and uh if you want to record your band give her give our guys a Uh, Jake, uh, holler over here at uh, Takeoff Terminal. We'll get out of your hair this week and see you next week on the program. We will have a hemp depot. We'll be on talking about seeds from Colorado. And then in coming weeks, we'll have Biochar Now, James from uh, the CEO of Biochar. I've also got Hana on from the Texas Hemp Harvesters Association and uh, a bunch of other stuff lined up for October and November. So stick around. We'll see you next week. It's the Texas Hemp Show. We'll see you soon. TexasHempShow.com.